My guests today are women who are making a career in the energy industry worthwhile. Let me explain what I mean by that. When you see rocks, stones, and oil and gas solutions, or reports, what comes to mind are usually men, to be quite honest. The industry is likely on a ratio of 80 to 20 in favor of men. Selma Usiku is a senior geologist at Eco Atlantic Oil and Gas, and she's also a part-time television and radio host, as well as a voiceover expert and, uh, and MC experts likewise. Jennifer is a sales director with an integrated consultancy company that covers the energy space and more. Myself, I'm an energy analyst, sales manager, and recently qualified as a data scientist. And I love spending time with friends and family when I'm not podcasting. We are women in the energy space occupied mostly by men. It is refreshing to see lots of young ladies leaving university and embracing the energy world, especially in Africa. Examples are the commissioner of the Namibian National Oil Company, the CEO of the Uganda National Oil Company, and the CEO of the Senegal National Oil Company. It is indeed not only refreshing to see these women lead national companies, but doing a great job at it likewise. Before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge the support of PaySop Invest, a global financial advisory and wealth management firm based in Germany, France, and Nigeria. If you're looking to create generational wealth and understand how to manage your finances, do contact the PaySop Invest team on their website, paysopinvest.com, and on their Instagram page, PaySop Invest. They offer services to individuals and corporate bodies alike. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome you listeners to the Blue Citron podcast, where we discuss lifestyle, culture, and more. Now, I'm going to start with you, Jen. How did you end up in the energy world? Was this something you had always wanted to do? And what does your job entail, Jennifer? Hi, Bimbo. Hi, everyone listening. Um, thank you very much for, for having me today. And um, yeah, just my journey into the energy world has been um, a mixture, I'd say, of chance and circumstance. Um, so this is a question I get asked often. And for me, my my um, my entry into the world of energy um, was literally just by grabbing opportunities. So uh, I worked in the, the equity space, predominantly on the software side, uh, and an opportunity came up to start working in the commodities space. And so it was kind of a natural progression. Um, I would say that um, the key thing um, that really has unified my experience or led me into the world of energy is actually the people. Um, and so, you know, my job uh, entails a lot of speaking to people, understanding people. Um, and I've always wanted to work with people I think it suits my personality type I'm a bit of an extrovert and um, and so that's kind of how I fell into it and really my job if if I was to sum it up in terms of what my job entails the main thing that I need to do or that I do in my job is just really understanding needs and plugging them um, so, you know, it's a lot of kind of digging, a lot of speaking to people um, and really just trying to understand, you know, where are the gaps uh, and how do I fill those gaps to make my clients' lives a little bit easier? Um, and so when I say digging, it's not necessarily physically digging, but, you know, having yeah. conversations and, and digging for information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, it's all about making the client's life easier. 
because that's what makes you know it's what makes the whole job interesting and and worthwhile again you know if one understands what the client needs and you have the solution to to marry what the client needs basically solves whatever it is they need then it just just makes it all, all all good uh at that and it's it's interesting you do say you you know you're an extrovert and clearly this <laughs> this has helped with your job right absolutely look i think um for me as an african uh i i have the, the part of my career that i can say have i have been intentional about is um the fact that i always wanted to work in Africa Um, Mm -hmm. and so you know having left Africa as as kind of a teen it was very important to me to be able to to kind of come back and and work in Africa Um, which I I guess for for a lot of people I spoke to they were like oh you know a lot of people are thinking about trying to do the opposite Um, Mm -hmm. but for me it was always you know I I have loved um, the fact that you know working in, 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 in the energy space has given me an ability and an opportunity to travel across Africa to learn more about African cultures and to actually learn more about the challenges that um, companies, governments, banks, you know, and and, that, and that's a, a big bulk of my, my client base, just learning the different challenges that exist um, in, in different countries um, and, and really just trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, with the tools that, that, that I have at my disposal, how do we kind of plug some of those gaps? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, sales is, is, is a, a part of it or the main part of it. Um, but, but it's really interesting to be able to travel around Africa um, and, and, um, and meet people. Uh, mm-hmm. So for me, that is the part of my job, I think, that I really enjoy the most is going in and meeting different people, even how we do business from, from country to country. Oh, um, yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so so for me I think you know I I landed in it um uh but it it has it really provided me with that opportunity um to 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 get back into into Africa and that was always very important for me. Oh fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your your experience uh your values and and you know how how much of um basically what you've been able to benefit uh, intrinsically and mm-hmm. you know even subconsciously from wanting to uh to 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 go back to africa to get things done in africa you know mm. um as as you say the opposite is what a lot of people are doing people are wanting to get out but everything is actually in africa but yep. anyway i segue straight into 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 uh, uh to selma right now selma women in mm-hmm. energy we are a minority that's for sure so i'm a little bit curious how you navigate this selma you're a geologist yeah and you're also a media personality do you have conflicting moments sometimes when you need to take off your you know your geology hats and you need to get into the media but that's 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 one side of things but but you you know that we are a minority right you know women in 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 the space so how how do you navigate both You know, Bim, I will never forget the phrase that one of my uh, former white male managers used uh, to describe the industry to me when uh, I accompanied him to, you know, one of the first conferences I went to in Cape Town. He said, Salma, as you can see, the usual male, pale and stale crowd. And you know what? <laughs> so true. And coming from him, I mean, he noticed it, and he's male and white. Um, and it's true. In all three companies I've worked for as a geoscientist, women were always in the minority. 
Mm. Um, in fact, in two of them, I was the only female geologist the entire time I worked there. Wow. So it's not a myth. I have lived the reality of, you know, the really low female representation in the energy and even the mining space. Um, mm. and, and it's not different globally. The picture is generally the same. But mm. I've been really, really fortunate, maybe even privileged to have worked with and being you know, under the tutelage of really open-minded and extremely supportive male colleagues. That's um, but yeah. I must admit, I've actually had very little, maybe no direct female leadership or mentorship in my career. Um, really? And the imposter syndrome was so real. Mm. <laughs> I was so reserved and insecure and second-guessing everything. You know, wow. because... <laughs> The male voices were so many and they were so strong and mm-hmm. they were so experienced and so loud and you know perhaps as a coping mechanism at first i started to try to almost um how can i say, minimize or conceal my femininity mm-hmm. you know to try and keep, mm. keep up without being noticed yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never sustainable. i mean it's difficult to miss this petite black girl in a room full of white men, you know, (laughs) on a a drilling rig offshore. It's just impossible. So the ultimate turning point for me came when, you know, I just started focusing on delivering results. Yeah. Um, Rather than focusing on how I was doing it differently to the boys or how I was dressed while I was getting it done. Mm. At the end of the day, people in the industry and my colleagues really just gained respect for me and supported me in every way based on, you know, the deliverables. I mean, have you guys ever noticed how men volunteer to do everything <laughs> and they uh-huh. never admit they can't do anything? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started, you know, to volunteer for things like presentations mm-hmm. at male-dominated conferences. Once or twice, I would, you know, volunteer. And by the third time, I became the preference because I proved I could deliver. And yeah. people didn't just see me as this, you know, little black girl anymore. You mm-hmm. know, I was so much more than that and I was actually capable and that's a huge confidence booster especially you know for the minority of, of women in the oil and gas industry yeah mm. uh, navigating it hasn't been easy I mean as you may know I mean traveling is a huge part of the job absolutely and being a yeah a now 10 year old boy it was tough mm. to leave him behind I missed mm. so many birthdays and milestones <laughs> when mm. Joshua was younger but the support of my family has been so consistent. You know, oh. it's been such a, a great help because they understand the dynamics of the industry and they also want me to succeed. So they understand the sacrifices that have to be made for me as a woman. And I okay. never take that for granted because I'm sure it is not the case for everyone. Yeah. So I think yeah. navigating this industry without the support of colleagues and family will be very difficult. And then of course, just your personal fortitude and motivation to succeed. Yeah. Um, that that would be very important. Um, and and as for media, you know, it's a it's a talent I think I discovered by accident, and I just nurtured it into this passion that it is now today. And ironically, unlike Jen, I think you know people who are generally more science math inclined are not always very extroverted, and yeah. they avoid crowds and are very awkward in creative spaces with cameras and people. But live TV comes so naturally to me. Yeah, and you're get... the opposite. You're the outlier. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, just use the advantage of having my communication skills refined and improved by my work in the media industry 
to bring that something extra to the research and energy science field. And then I take a little bit of the analytics that come with geology and science with me on set to bring, you know, a little bit of diva with me to the seismic interpretation room to get my points across. And it's 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 worked for me quite well. I'm I'm really nice. happy and I enjoy what I do in in all um of, of my chosen careers. Well done. Well done. This is um yeah, you summed it all up. Uh Sounds like a, a strong woman right there. And mm. and I hear you, it's not easy, you know, when you have a little one and, you know, and the industry, yes, we, we're constantly traveling. Oh my goodness, time just went by and I'm like, what's going on? I've just been traveling. Oh yeah. my goodness, you know, one minute. My friends literally need to check on me and, you know, literally ask me to check my calendar if I have time for them. Yeah. Because they don't know if I'm at Heathrow you know, if I'm in Gardamon, which is the airport in Oslo, or if I'm in Muratala Mohammed in Lagos, or if yeah. I'm, you know, if I'm in, in uh, Shibold in Amsterdam, they don't know. I don't yeah. even know, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we're constantly traveling. But, you know, it's 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 the, the positive side is, is there because, you know, you leave the world. Do you understand? You know, Absolutely. you meet people from all over the universe. You're, you're learning, you're interacting with people from all over the universe. And that's one of the benefits of actually being in this uh, energy uh, space in the industry, really. So yeah. it's quite interesting. Thanks for that, uh, Selma. Thank you. Jen, you and I know the headaches we encounter landing deals <laughs> for our companies. Absolutely. <laughs> you and I know, we know the pain it is to land deals for our companies. Why is that? Because we are both responsible for the African continent in our respective companies. And yeah. we know it's not a walk in the park. We know that. So since the pandemic happened, you know, a lot has changed, you know, in general. But how, how has it been for you to, to, to navigate, you know, the business, the, the sales side, landing deals, talking to people? Obviously, conferences always help and not much happened. You know, a lot of conferences were having to be canceled or revert back to uh to revert to the online option you know but interestingly obviously because the whole world was shut down people had mm -hmm. to you know open up to what the online you know had on offer do you understand yeah absolutely however, however things are opening up again and should i say business is booming again for you you know how how is it going basically is what yes. i mean yeah, so I, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right that we had no, no other option right than than to adapt. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of how business is going, look, I think um, this whole COVID period has been for me a bit of a revelation. Um, in that, you know, it has really been an opportunity to try new mm -hmm. things, and I've enjoyed that because I think, um, you know in order to be successful i think as a salesperson um or, or even just you know in 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 life or your chosen careers i mean i, I really like what Salma just said about mental fortitude um, yeah. i think i think that's important but i also think the other part that's really important is you know if you are entrepreneurial you you can do really well like in in this space because you know the, the whole COVID 19 situation really um for me uh, made two things very clear one was 
the need to to be a bit more entrepreneurial and creative and yeah. where you know uh, i know people you and i always joke about oh you know you come with an idea and say oh for africa um or someone will come with an idea that they're doing in europe and you're like this will not work in africa because of yeah. xyz yeah. so it, it really provided an opportunity to be entrepreneurial and bring up um you know ideas where maybe before those ideas would have been shelved or swept aside or you know not right now um i found that you know because of the covid-19 situation a lot of people were a lot more open to be like okay yeah we need to try new things if we're going to stay afloat so let's give your idea a shot so for me it allowed me to explore a little bit more and, and play around with you know ideas and and be more entrepreneurial mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the other thing that it it really um that that was really highlighted to me through this period is the power of relationship um you know i've been able to leverage um previous relationships um that i had with with people um in this season you know so it's been great to kind of phone people or, or have people phone you and say hey you know i know you you guys have you know information on this or data on this um we're trying to do this gen you know i i i know in my in my linkedin i've had a lot of people who've proactively reached out um mm-hmm. uh, or, or you know been able to reach out to people from you know a pre-existing networks and be like hey you know what's going on um that relationship part has also meant that it's been very clear or very or, or easier to identify where the gaps are um and the needs um but it's also you know been a nice um opportunity to provide support you know so um i'm sure we've all got webinar fatigue for all of the yeah. webinars and things but, but oh my god you can say that again <laughs> it's also been nice to be able to provide support in a meaningful way um, yeah. i mean everyone's mm-hmm. at home everyone is working on stuff so you know when it, when someone reaches out and says you know hey jen i need help with this it's actually been really nice to be able to be like okay cool i uh, i'm now not flying around like you said I, i'm now not in between airports i have a bit more time to actually work and nurture those um those relationships so yeah. business um has been slow on some fronts um mm-hmm. but it's also been interesting to see how other companies have adapted so you know um there there's a, a big company i think in in, in southern africa who you yeah. know their their petrol stations you know that that demand for fuel went down because obviously yeah. people were not driving however exactly, they pivoted yeah. straight into you know the chemicals business started doing really well because they started mm-hmm. making sanitizer you know mm-hmm. so it's 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 been so interesting to see it's a give and take situation absolutely companies evolve and be able to evolve with them um you know so I was able to be like hey chemicals come let's talk let's be friends you know i've got something <laughs> for you on on the chemical side um, yeah. so, so you know it has been slow in some areas but we've seen uh, growth in other areas in others. absolutely yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks for that. Ladies, energy transition. Energy transition, energy transition. I know Salma enjoys this topic. <laughs> what does it mean to you, ladies? Energy transition. Salma, what does it mean to you? Um I mean in the context know, of the continent, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I I remember we spoke about it on one of our webinars a few weeks ago, Bim. Yeah. And that's true. I think I'll just really re-emphasize that a lot of the conversation has been is, you know, the energy transition too much of a western idea mm. and ideology will Africa be able to keep up, etc. And you know, for me, in my opinion anyway, Africa is very much on board with 
at least understanding the need for the energy transition because of the circumstances we as africans find ourselves you know Mm -hmm. our livelihoods are obviously threatened by climate change um we are heavily reliant on on the agriculture and even though you know we quite arguably maybe contribute the least to the carbon emission in the first place yeah yeah (laughs) you know our very young and ever-growing population needs to fuel its economic and social development with fossil fuels Mm-hmm. for a very long time to come and you know although namibia itself is not a an oil and gas producer um so many other african countries gdp are mostly and sometimes solely carried by harder carbon revenues uh, for example and we're going to see you know that africa is going to add something like a billion people to its urban population by 2040. that is um, correct yeah balance between you know the net zero that we want to achieve and uh-huh. socio-economic development on this continent um that is actually already facing an energy an energy deficit is going to be very challenging mm. um, i mean it means that governments need to take the initiative to mobilize especially their young people to come up mm. with really um innovative ways to continue growing the economy while at the same time being attractive to the cleaner green energy investments which are available uh from so many countries um and i'll use the example of namibia i mean namibia has recently uh just last month embarked on a really massive campaign to establish green hydrogen energy yeah. with the help of, of foreign direct investment but at the same time has honestly worked so hard to refine its policies to um support the oil and gas exploration in 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 the future making its fiscals um and administrative regimes really attractive still for companies that are willing to continue with you know traditional fossil fuel exploration um really look at at Namibia twice before going anywhere else the energy transition is something that's not going to happen overnight Yeah. Thankfully, mm. you know, Africa still has time to be innovative about it, but we have to be honest and realize that we cannot run the race at the pace that the western world has. You know, the blueprint for us is extremely different, it's but different, we recognize yeah. that it's important for us to fall in line sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, I I agree very much with what what Sama has said, you know. So um when you look at a lot of the energy transition stuff um it's 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 quite um european or american centric right um you know we are in a different place we're not starting we're not all starting from the same place um you know we're not starting the race from the same place you know where people in europe are talking about energy transition we are still talking about energy access just even exactly. access so so you know we're not we're not in the same place um mm. at all um and so you know for me what what i'm i'm excited about is you know we have voices like um like sama and and other people who are doing a lot in the industry um around okay well you know hey it's it's not a one size fits all and and you know this energy transition thing has really just highlighted the fact that um even traditional oil and gas you know that 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 kind of um 
sector has always kind of had a one size fits all i mean people you and i um and some are definitely right we we work mm. in africa what what yeah. works in paris is not always going to work in in uh in, Le- in lagos right so in it's, lagos, a different, exactly. it's, a dif- it's a different approach uh it's mm-hmm. a different um you know so i i think um one of the things I, I really like about what Salma said was the fact that we still have time um, and I think you know for me yes energy transition and thinking about climate change is very important but can we please also address energy access because you know we've still got people burning wood for for cooking um, what I'm encouraged by is the huge gas deposits I mean we've, we've seen um, you know Mozambique um, and the natural gas we've seen you know South Africa Uh, you know that Propada discovery we've seen recently Cote d'Ivoire Senegal Mauritania there's a lot of gas um, Mm -hmm. and and my thing is you know uh, as opposed to just the focusing on okay we need to transition um, we need the infrastructure and I think you know Africa if if things are going to be dictated and and kind of you know this broad brush approach um, it needs we need to consider you know how do we then um, commit to 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 supporting energy access in a meaningful way um so mm-hmm. gas monetizing you know how to monetize the gas you know mm-hmm. what infrastructure can we have support um yeah. <laughs> with those projects like you know bef- before we even start you know the noise about transition um let's give people access um to, to the energy uh yeah and so for me that's that's really you know when I, when i think about it as an african i'm like yeah but okay support us with access and 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 help us access you know cleaner fuels and and then we we talk about transition you know exactly so that, that's i mean what i think well said well said you're 1000 spot on on that you know the whole situation of energy poverty um you know there isn't access as such uh 80 isn't it of 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 africa at least sub-sahara africa uh is without you know proper uh access to electricity even you know so and the gas deposit as you mentioned is humongous it, it mm. is there and when it comes to nigeria we all talk about oil 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 every time but to be honest nigeria is actually more of a gas country absolutely you know, the gas deposits are humongous so and and gas as to say it's the cleaner version or is the cleaner option of you know uh, the hydrocarbon oil gas um or fossil fuel oil gas renew um, and uh, and and coal you know so i think gas is there for uh, exploitation and gas is there for us to to be able to use and again it's cleaner to be able yeah. to, to 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 use but you're right when you mention the infrastructure the infrastructure needs to be there needs to be in place and also it's not just the infrastructure being there but it's also the maintenance aspect as well i am yeah. still unsure of most other uh, of other african nations but nigeria we have a big problem with maintenance <laughs> and I, yeah. i mean just looking at the refineries refineries that we've had for donkey years is enough to give that insight into my god this can be working if we maintain it and make it better <laughs> rather than having to export you know the oil that is being produced and taking it out and then importing the refined product who does that mm. who does that you know so but the good thing is dangote is coming up with his refinery and all of that and a lot of respect to kenya 
mm. a lot of respect to uh, no sorry not kenya i take that back uh, well respect to kenya of course <laughs> but a lot of respect to <laughs> i don't want kenyans to listen and say what does beam have against us <laughs> i have absolutely nothing against kenya i love kenya i love my kenyans but a lot of respect to uganda a lot of respect to uganda because they did find oil didn't they discover all the same time with Ghana but they've decided to relax in the sense that they wanted to ensure that everything was in place including you know the refinery and all of that before they now you know go full throttle in terms of you know going ahead doing the production and everything and then you know off takers and all of that isn't isn't that the case does does anyone know does anyone know about this Selma do you know about this yeah yeah no that's right um and i think they've they've learned exactly as you mentioned from the mistakes of you know previous uh, countries that have made huge discoveries and simply weren't prepared uh, yeah. to harness you know the profits that would come from that and it is a yeah. huge huge problem you know and it's not only actually limited to the oil and gas industry bim even for example you know namibia is is something like the ninth largest producer of gem quality diamonds and oh, like wow. the largest producer of uranium but we don't have you know real infrastructure or even policies in place that would allow us to create a value chain for those things we export the raw material and buy it all back oh dear you know it, it's not necessarily just limited to that it it's it really seems to be an african problem it does and and i think it's it's also just about uh leadership being future focused Uh, yes. I mean when you said Kenya I was like mm, in agreement because I know that Kenya and and East Africa in general in terms of you know solar projects and stuff like that mm. they are kind of trailblazing um, yes so, so I think you know different countries are trying to you know pivot as it were in in different ways mm-hmm. um but I also think you know there there's a mindset shift that's needed um and it's not only you know from leadership definitely from leadership but I also just think from all of us uh yeah. you know i think there's more mm-hmm. education that needs to happen um yeah. you know we we talk about energy transition i don't know if the african the, the the regular normal average african has heard about energy transition or you know people are yeah, just yeah. trying to survive so i think yeah, exactly. there's also the You're education right. element um mm. that that also has to has to happen at grassroots uh, mm-hmm. as well as kind of you know from from a, a government level Mhm you you're absolutely correct I I was given a presentation I think sometime in 2017 or or late 16 I can't quite remember now in Kenya um my one of our clients had invited me to come and give a topic uh, or to talk uh, they had the world bank sponsor this uh, events that they were doing uh, tomo yeah. oil was there i was there representing my company and you know at the end of my presentation my advice was literally at the end of the day your hydrocarbon you know it is for the people it is for you but then for mm-hmm. you to be able to make make it worthwhile for yourselves education is key and it's not just education about oh for walls of a university that's not enough it's got to be quality education you know it's yeah. got to it's got to be you know something that is intentional and purposeful and you know you wanting to make a difference individually because it's the collective responsibility of mm. everyone you know to be able to uh push 
their nation forward. I've seen this in, in, in several countries that I've lived in. I've seen this in Norway. Education is literally free, you know, and for education to be free, you know the meaning of that because it's it, it, it's, it reflects on the society as the kids grow and become part of the larger society. Even in Germany, my sister lives in Germany and education there is just, it's, it's amazing. It's out of this world, you know. Um, anyway uh, let me let me move on speaking of education and speaking of you know africa definitely we have the youngest population and uh, globally and um as as selma said there's going to be like a billion people you know by 2040 2040 is 19 years you know 19 years is nothing yeah (laughs) 2040 is literally 19 years right Mm -hmm. it's not 90 19 years it's just like it's just like tomorrow literally the way time flies by so thinking of that in the world of tiktok youtube instagram and whatever else has been developed you know young people are coming out of high school you know colleges universities these people are interested in going viral and becoming you know rich like tomorrow they literally come out of university today or finish high school today they want to be popular they want to go viral right and not many of them are looking to sweat and stress themselves in engineering energy law and all those things medicine heck they don't want to even work for people three of us women are we are employees yeah we could be doing our own thing but we are employees right of companies Mm -hmm. These days, everyone wants to own their own thing. And I am not going to knock that hustle. I'm not going to knock their hustle, right? But yeah. like I said, I, I do applaud people that actually own their businesses, right? But it's also good to start somewhere. You've got to learn the relationships. You've got to learn how to actually build a business. Yes, one will make lots of mistakes, right? And you would you will sail through. But with all these kids getting on TikTok and doing all the Instagrams and, you know, more concerned about followers and viewings because companies are going to advertise, you know, with, you know, the largest followership or whatever. What do you think? What's going to happen to the engineering, the energy, the laws, you know, and all of those things, you know? Um, what do you guys think? <laughs> Very interesting, uh, Bimbo, uh, the, the way you framed it as well. Um, look, I think, you know that song where they say, I believe children are the future. I mean, that is the truth, right? And, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it is necessarily all doom and gloom for, I guess, if I could call them traditional um, professions. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at kind of the existing Gen Zs, right? Yeah. What's very, very important to them um, is, you know, if they're going to get involved in something or work somewhere, um, what's important is, you know, they, they, they want to work for a course. I mean, gone are the days of, you know, study, go there, you, after two, three years, maybe get promoted, keep there, a job for life. That is something anyway. I'm, I mean, that is just a, a no longer a, mm-hmm. a, a, a way that people work. I think even for us, right? You know, yeah. it's now not abnormal to be a um, sales director slash data scientist slash, you know, yes. podcaster slash. And, and so, or even just yourself, you know, if, 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 if you know, just your journey, right? Your yeah. uh, geology 
but a media personality. And so I think, you know, in order for our industries um, to survive, um, they need to 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 evolve. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if we are going to attract young people or the younger people, we need to create spaces um, for them for that to happen. You know, they want to feel like they're working towards a cause. They want mm-hmm. to feel like, um, you know, their voices are, are going to be heard. So, you know, we're seeing that in organizations anyway, really mm-hmm. hierarchical organizations are trying to flatten out. You know, if we think about the Amazons, or not mm-hmm. Amazon, um, Facebook, mm-hmm. Facebook, you know, yeah. Google, you know, trying yeah. to fla- flatten that out. And also, mm-hmm. I think we um, need a shift in terms of how we're thinking, right? Because right now, um, it is very possible to meet a 22 year old with 15 years work experience. Let me give, give, so you, an, give you an example. Yeah. We never grew up. Um, well, I can maybe speak for myself, um, but okay. you know, I remember doing typing at school and let me, without okay. exposing myself and I'm under 40, by the way, um, <laughs> I remember learning how to type with a typewriter. And I remember when computers came, right? It was yeah. like a big thing. We had floppy disks and all that. Mm-hmm. My nephew, who, 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 you know, you can meet someone who's had access to a laptop or a computer since the age of three or, or yeah. two. So or that two, person, yeah. you can meet a seven-year-old who's been playing with computer games, video games, has been, you know, um, working with IT and, and mm-hmm. you know, coding. They're teaching coding in school. You can meet yeah. a 22-year-old who'll tell you that, oh, I've been coding since I was seven. Yeah. And and so you're meeting a 22-year-old with 15 years of experience. So gone are the days where we can look and say, oh, you know, this person is young. Hence, you know, you need to work for five years before you can, you know, come and, and tell us what to do. I think the way the world is, is has moved this fourth industrial revolution, things mm. have moved so fast that if we want them, we're going to have create, to create space for them. And we're going to have to, you know, also shift in terms of how we think um, and, and, and create a space for them to, to come in and bring in their ideas to, to allow them to evolve. And we also need to understand that, you know, the average, I, I, I did some reading on this. They were saying, you know, these guys, they're probably going to sh- change jobs every two to three years. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we need to create learning opportunities for them to say, okay, you've done this role now within the business. We want to expose you to something else. And mm. um, we have to create a, you know, a space for them. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're not necessarily going to want to be tied down to the traditional journey. Uh, and I think we have to acknowledge that and kind of say, okay, well, how do we also evolve as organizations, as, as companies um, to, to, to attract you? Um, so, so I think, you know, it's not that they're not going to want to do the work. It's how the work is going to be done and, yeah. and, how, we create, and how we create spaces for them um, to, to come in and do their thing. Um, right. Because, you know, this old traditional, you know, you've got the office. I, I have clients in Nigeria or in other African countries where it's very much so, so, you know, it's very hierarchical. Gone mm-hmm. in those days, you know, they want something that they can believe in. They want something that they can throw their weight behind. They want to feel like, okay, I can express my ideas and I'm going to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a generation that gets medals for participation. It's no longer even about coming first it's, totally it's, 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 just, it's, it's not about coming about, first anymore it's not it's not about coming first it's about what i've done you know for for participating so even that pressure that we had growing up to be like okay if i'm going to do it i must be number one or i must be in the top 10 or 
it's a different it's a different mindset uh these guys want to feel heard they want to feel valued they want something that they can believe in they want so we have to create the spaces um for them to bring those ideas to life um because that's how we're going to continue to jump forward so that's that's just my two cents thank you jen thank you jen selma your thoughts um you know i completely agree with jen you know mm-hmm. the way the world is working you know with the fourth industrial revolution makes everything different but we also shouldn't take away from as she said the traditional uh office uh career space because you know okay. if you play cards right you can actually get an incredible amount of um like social capital in the form mm-hmm. of mentors advisors and network of of really knowledgeable people to draw mm-hmm. from no matter where you end up in life and there's mm-hmm. something about the traditional way of 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 how we used to do things that you know gets you that if you play your cards right mm-hmm. um so one perhaps maybe just has to say to the gen z's just be mm-hmm. intentional mm-hmm. about what it is you want to get out of a specific career no matter what it is um okay. and working with people in a conventional setting you know will also give you really key social skills and time management financial management skills and the bonus is you have you know that temporary security to save up and set your life up <laughs> <laughs> you know the good things are 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 coming to you in the business that you've chosen and not everyone has you know those particular strengths to make it you know in the right. kind of world that we're in right now It's not right. going to be for everyone. Not everyone is going to get the medal and certificate for participation. Mm-hmm. There are going to be some of us and some young people who have to fill the gaps. Um So there's room for everyone basically. There's room for, Absolutely. you know, for those that want to basically have that, you know, traditional style and also those that are, are you know, uh, accepting of the fourth revolution or fifth revolution or whatever, you know, this is, you know, interesting. interesting um because i do seek obviously <laughs> for companies to grow these days you've got to be on social media otherwise you're yep. just going to die out literally you've got to be on social media whether it's linkedin whether it's instagram you know or whether it's twitter you know maybe not much of twitter but linkedin is very important for companies because you know people are as as some people say it's the place to brag about what you have what you've studied you know all the schools <laughs> you've attended it's it's mm. insane you know and for companies oh it's a place to brag about the people that have just joined your company or 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 where you're going to have an event or whatever but it's hey regardless social media has come to stay and uh, it, it is uh, very important and pivotal to to growth of companies but you know still on on that same topic i i was i recall attending an event uh, while i was living in oslo uh and one of the panelists was the way he spoke he spoke with a little with, with so much passion but more on the side of being upset that you know kids don't want to study engineering anymore they want to go on the business routes they want to start social media platforms the industry is dying out you know this was an old guy of course and he was he was very passionate about it like oh my god you know it's like a tsunami is about to happen because our kids don't want to study engineering i mean we're talking about norway right you know they don't want to study engineering anymore so It, it was a, a passionate uh, situation but anyway still on that how do we encourage young black ladies right how do we encourage them to 
to join the energy industry is it even worth it because you know we're just talking about the whole social media the whole tiktoks and all of that you know are they interested in coming on to the energy space is there anything interesting for them you know given that again as uh, Selma said <laughs> earlier on, our colleague said the industry is filled up with, you know, white, pale, and what was the last thing you said? <laughs> white, male, and pale. Pale, male, stale. I can't. Well, I totally well, can't. People, <laughs> on that, you know, I think, I think you made a very, very good point, right? Um, I think it was yeah. you who said just now about, um, you know, LinkedIn being a, a place to brag. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think um, as women in energy, I don't know that we do a particularly good job of, of, of bragging. Um, oh. And, and yeah. what I mean by that is, you know, um, men have no qualms about, you know, have you about bragging? A group, a group project uh, where you've, <laughs> you've suggested things and someone will take your ideas and present oh. them in a way. Um, in the workplace that oh I, I I I did this and you're like oh, oh. it wasn't just you there was three I have four, gone five through that us. so many times oh, oh, you wouldn't believe taken, it you've taken my <laughs> ideas and 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 really just to run with them I think exactly. traditionally and historically as women that's not necessarily our forte right and I again I don't want to generalize because I think you know but but uh, in 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 my world anyway I, I have worked mm-hmm. with a lot of women who you know we are team players generally mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we are the team players we are the ones who are trying to um you know we're maybe and, and again this is a generalization a little bit more emo, um, aware or in terms of eq um mm-hmm. we are we are not the ones who are going to come in and try and rock the boat um mm-hmm. and strong women um are, are called all sorts of other names but strong guys are just called you know passionate you know yeah and so yeah. i think as women we need to firstly um you know make it um, appealing and I think we do need to brag more um, mm-hmm. you know I was speaking to a group of women the other day and you know people were saying you know I'm working so hard at my company but it's like they don't see me and mm-hmm. um, you know one of the girls was like yeah but do you have a brag book you know when mm-hmm. you do something or achieve something you should actually write it down so that when you have your appraisal mm-hmm. with your manager you can actually whip it out and say okay 16 August I I I am the one who started XYZ. So I think as women, we need to raise our own profile because if we're sitting there thinking, oh, you know, this is so male dominated, um, you know, we're, we're not seen, we're not heard. Please be seen and be heard. Um, <laughs> I like and, that. And, 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 and I think that is the first journey towards, you know, making this accessible. You know, I was so excited by this opportunity for the podcast because I was like, you know what? I'm just a, a girl from Africa who's now managed to have so many extraordinary experiences yeah. just because I, I stepped out and, 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 and was, you know, brave enough. But yeah. there are probably so many girls that are probably better than me, smarter than me, but who just don't even know that this is available to them. Right. So I think, you know, part of the, 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 this journey is for us to, to, to be more visual, more vocal, mm-hmm. uh, and to show that it is accessible and it is done. And I mm-hmm. also think part of that is providing people with the skills and the tools. Because again, if you think about Africa, and again, I'm generalizing, you know, we're yep. told study very, very hard. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, go to school, study, don't fail, don't misbehave. When you finish, you get a job, get married. You know, <laughs> the, the, world is not lin- the world is not linear like that anymore, right? Yeah. So sure, mm-hmm. you know, you may not have studied engineering. I know I didn't. I started my life as training in terms of what I trained for. I trained mm-hmm. to be a nurse. 
but uh-huh. now I sit I sit with government and uh-huh. talk about energy transition. It's, yeah. it's 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 you know it's it's a case of just you know grabbing opportunities and yeah. and and looking and and evolving, right? Uh-huh. I was never afraid to try something new, and I was never afraid to to pivot. So I think it's 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 really saying to people, it's okay. You don't have to be. A petroleum economist you could also just be a loud mouth like me who likes who likes people <laughs> you know who likes people who likes traveling who likes yeah. problem solving and you yeah. can still also occupy a space within well the done, energy girl. um well sector done. you know yeah. you don't always have to you don't have to be a mathematician or you don't have to be good with excel you know there's so many avenues that that you can use to enter mm-hmm. this space and you and can to be still successful absolutely absolutely wow wow well done jen proud of you so 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 proud of you well done selma your thoughts Um, on that i i completely agree um we need to brag more and really you know young people learn by modeling Mm -hmm. and if they don't see motivated successful black young um native you know young people within the industry doing great things how will they know it's possible you know and i'd like i'll give an example of how i decided to enter the the, the oil and gas industry you know our founding president the first um democratically elected president of namibia uh, dr sam neoma he once made a call to young people to take up more stem subjects and careers right and he himself actually graduated with a master's of geology at the age of 70. Wow. It, it, it really stemmed from the fact that, you know, Namibia had a very, very difficult uh, political history okay. um, with apartheid and everything. And the apartheid regime used things like racial segregation and access to education to create this divide okay. that prevented the majority of Namibians to be in a position to take any kind of ownership of their country, okay. even their resources, right? So what he was basically saying was, if Namibian young people don't put themselves in a position to research, understand, and be the real custodians of their natural resources, we will end up dying poor in a rich country. You know, wow. and that is kind mm. of what motivated me to 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 join. You know, the industry. It's creating a sense of pride and knowing that you're adding value perhaps if we make young people see it this way it would change their understanding of of joining careers like energy uh and and mining in in africa so i really just wanted to join young people learn more about my country and and overall discover some oil you know yeah (laughs) because i know no one can tell me nothing about my country that i don't know Yeah. yeah 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 good stuff good stuff so with all of this, what, in your opinion, has been missing, you know, from conversations about women, you know, within the energy space? And this is pivoting back right into all what we've been talking about today, you know, being encouraged, you know, um, um, you know, learning by, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, model, you know, and uh, and everything else in between, stepping out of the norm as as Jen did, you know. Uh, and and with Selma, you seeing your first democratically elected president being become, becoming a geologist at, at an age when his age mates were literally retiring and resting. Do you understand? So for re-election. <laughs> imagine, imagine exactly. You know, you know. 
Um, so, so, so for women, what's what do you guys think is 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 missing from conversation about women in in the space in the energy space? Um, um, go ahead, Salma. You, I would say, similarly, you know how we don't express our successes, how we don't brag. Sometimes okay. I see women also minimize their struggle in okay. a way that makes them seem sort of well you ask for equality now you have it why are you complaining you know uh-huh. but the reality of the matter is being a woman and at the same time perhaps a single mother or a wife or yeah. you know the, the sole provider of your family is extremely difficult because yeah. you know men unfortunately don't um shoulder the responsibilities the way that we do and sometimes i feel women minimize their struggles so that they don't appear weak or that they feel that they've earned their place and they shouldn't show that they're struggling. And that sometimes it doesn't serve us, you know, well because then we do have young people and sometimes women entering the industry and they're almost like saying I had no idea it would be this difficult. I didn't know I would face this kind of criticism, struggle, um unconscious bias and I don't know how to cope because I don't have a female leader or mentor to guide me through what I'm going through. And it's because perhaps the CEO is out there just being one of the boys. And yeah. that doesn't really serve us, you know. And secondly, I think what's been missing from the conversation about, you know, increasing women representation in the industry is men. You know, for a long time I think the conversation has been about the girl child and it's very necessary and still is necessary. But you know we don't always work in isolation. Boys and men are still parts of the workforce, still parts of the com- of, of the community. Um and what we need to do perhaps is to create some sort of awareness and not alienate them or exclude men from that conversation because okay. they form part of where we are going. If I didn't have male colleagues who understood the importance of having my career advanced, I yeah. would not be where I am, you know? Right. And, and I think men also sometimes feel the women empowerment conversation is about competing and about overriding and and you know wanting to to rule everything but it's not it's, uh, really it's not about all about that exactly yeah you just want to be seen mm. and treated equally so we should include them in that conversation I think all right thanks Jen Selma that was Selma Sorry, thanks so much, Jen. <laughs> you know, I I, I think I, I agree um pretty much with what Selma has said. Um I also think you know what? Um there's an education piece um that that needs to take place um from us. So I I definitely agree Selma with with what you've said. Uh, I also feel though that a lot of men ha- are are powerful allies. You know, so for every um you know really stubborn or or, or negative experience um there's been a lot of people who've just been really great allies to us as uh-huh. women uh and i think you know it's the onus is also on us uh to to do the work and and get more allies and 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 really you know join the calls i know sometimes when i've got you know these calls in my calendar diversity what 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 i kind of roll my eyes i'm like okay here we go again but i feel like <laughs> if if we are not you know take, taking a seat at the table and being heard then nothing will change you know because uh-huh. they can schedule the webinars but you know even you know the, the diversity chats you know for me one of my big 
you know pet peeves has been okay well even diversity is always in with an american slant you know so you know <laughs> yeah. with with what we saw you know happening in the world in the past two years um, yeah. is very much you know a very american slant and diversity but again mm-hmm. i wanted to be like hey the challenge is someone is facing in new york um in the workplace it's so different <laughs> to what i am facing in johannesburg uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> diversity is also not a one size fits all so i think for us we we also have a role to play in terms of education within the spaces that we occupy right mm-hmm. and and also um i feel like there are a lot of people who are willing to be allies um but it's for us also to to educate and just say look this is actually what it looks like for me um in an african context in a namibian context in a you know nigerian context in a Zimbabwean context whatever it's 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 different so i think we also need to um leverage off those allies because yeah. you know they're there um i think a lot of men just people will tell you i never even saw it that way you know or i didn't think about it that way um and so i think you know the onus is on us as well to um, not only have a seat at the table which we do right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, uh, be heard <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, be, be heard at, at the table as well and um, you know I know you, someone mentioned mentoring I, I do think we need to do more um, mm-hmm. to 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 share um, but I also understand that you know it's it's also very different it's been a battle uh, and often people are like hey I don't want to rock the boat more for myself um, <laughs> but I think that there's a level of, of bravery that that that's needed as well for, from our end um, yeah. to not only have a seat but a seat and contribute um, mm. and you know our, our voice our thoughts uh, our challenges that's very interesting thank you thank you ladies thank you ladies Con- concerning you know having a seat at a table having a voice and everything there's something my sister always tells me i don't know where she got that from probably i don't know she's um a, a rather super strong woman she says when you're not given a seat at a table build yours literally so and, and i thought oh, okay that's interesting you could build yours and then invite people to the table but there's absolutely nothing wrong you know being invited to is it's uh, at the table i agree and, and oh, i think there's some feedback mm-hmm. yeah i can hear that okay yeah that, but, go ahead but what i was gonna say bimbo is it's not only about you know building your own it's mm-hmm. been given the the the, the plans <laughs> you know to say yeah. you know how ikea ikea furniture comes with that little booklet or that little thing that says okay this group goes in here this grows here exactly um, I, i think we need we need to provide uh, i was saying this to some girls and i was saying you know i want to talk to more girls about um the cheat code um yeah you know how games have a cheat code that allows you to jump mm-hmm. forward Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. me Salma so many women in our in our spaces right have yeah. learned through trial and error now yeah. i think it would be great if we could provide girls or, or young women with a bit of a cheat code so you know i was saying about the traditional education route go mm-hmm. to school study get a job well you know what um i know so many graduates you know when i lived in london i knew so many graduates people who've come with brilliant qualifications from from different universities in africa who are sitting and couldn't get jobs and mm. the cheat code is that your qualification alone is not going to get you as a seat at the table it's yeah. about you know people don't even only just hire people because of qualifications they hire you because you're the right personality fit you know i used to be so bitter about 
oh now i have to go to the pub my dear go to the pub it's not, it's, it's not it's not that you have to go and drink it's not that you know i would yeah. go out have a coca-cola or whatever exactly for an hour you know just to talk to people outside of work because that's yeah. where you show your human side that's exactly. where you show the fact that oh actually i was thinking about that that's where you can go and sit next to your ceo who mm-hmm. normally in a work setting you would never have that opportunity and be able to say hi that's how you make yourself memorable that's how you Ooh. create allies so that you know so i true. think a big part of what's missing is yes go and study and get your masters and you know amazing well done but this mm. the other side of the conversation which is never really expressed which is you know you need to um be in a place where you, they can relate to you and yeah, the, yeah. you know and, on and, a human and level on a human level so there's mm. also a big piece about how do i network how do i get mm-hmm. access to this person how do mm-hmm. i you know and and i think it's also about being intentional about those kind of interactions because yeah. if hard work alone paid then all of the dig the guys would dig ditches on the road mm-hmm. they'll, 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 be, they'll rich. be rich yeah right? totally so it's not only about hard work it's about okay. smart work so and windy. and i think we need to do more as well to to really highlight the benefits of that and if i can sit down with someone and say my dear you know your ceo or you know the the guy so i'm a big fan of managing upwards it's not just my manager or i want to know who's managing my manager that's the guy who at least i would like him to know my name and and at a, at a restaurant or if we have a team whatever team drinks trust me i'm going to make sure i speak to that guy one level above my boss even if it's just to say hi oh yeah i am the girl doing africa these days oh yeah so this is what i'm doing oh how are you finding it great i have some ideas cool put some time in my calendar i have no qualms about doing that because they must know my name and at yeah. least if he sees me in the corridor <laughs> then we then we smile at each other how are you you're right how's it going oh yeah i'm having a problem oh let's set some time to chat and and i think you know that gets you much much further um you know in 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 terms of corporate and and growth and visibility so i also yeah. think that is a thing that traditionally you know we we we're, we're not really about that life right yeah. uh, and and i think that's why that whole instagram generation really rankles and and doesn't sit well with so many people because traditionally that's not how it's done you come you work for 3 to 5 years then we give you yeah. a small promotion but yeah. people are not waiting <laughs> We're dealing with a generation that doesn't want to wait. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that a small promotion. Yeah, you know, I a small that. promotion and then after tax it translates to 100 pounds. Exactly. Five, right? So, it's so, so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We need to to also um mm. provide young people with a cheat code Absolutely. to say you know that CEO that you will never ever be able to sit down with that guy. the next yeah. team drinks or the next time you see him going to the lift go and jump in the elevator jump in the lift and just say oh hello <laughs> so that he sees you and he's like oh yes that 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 one so you oh know my God. i think yeah. we have to we have also have, because the system it's a system right game the it system is. how do we game <laughs> the system in in a way to make it benefit us and and oh i think God. that's the missing yeah. piece honestly honestly this is what they say you you can't game the gamer You guys, <laughs> I'm already playing the game as for the cheat oh code. God. You know, so so I think that's the piece oh that we dear. don't really tell young people in school or university. Yeah. They just don't study very hard and then Yeah, these things are not taught in school and it's 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 it's, yeah. it's not good, you know. It's not good uh, in my opinion. And you 
Jen, you're 1000% correct. You know, you've got to do what you've got to do. You don't have to drink alcohol if you don't drink alcohol. Grab a Coke, a, a bottle yeah. of Coke, grab water, grab a uh, Sprite, grab whatever, you know, but just be there, be visible. You know, mm-hmm. you see the guy going or the lady going into the lift, jump in, you know, get in the gamer, you know, put your face out there, make it happen. Oh, thank you so, so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Definitely, we're having another chat. We're definitely having another podcast. This is not going to be the last because mm-hmm. you ladies are, you ladies are incredible. You ladies are incredible. But with all of what you've said, right, this takes me to, I'll, I'll say maybe just about the final question I have in mind, which is helping each other grow. How do we do that? How do we help one another grow? You know, it's it's difficult to add on to what uh, Jen has already said. I mean, like you said, percent <laughs> yeah. correct, right? Those are certainly, if I was to give someone a toolkit, those would be the things I'd put in it. You know, sure. make yourself seen, make yourself heard. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. That is exactly where you learn, you know. And if you are uh, fortunate enough to be given a seat at the table, pull up a chair for the lady behind you. You know, don't always see, you know, great things like Jen is doing, you know, being able to pull um, a fellow colleague to the side and say, hey, listen, here's a cheat code. Don't always, you know, see being a mentor um, as a threat to being in the exclusive club of the few women in the boys club. No, that doesn't it doesn't it really doesn't serve anyone. So mention her name in a room of people when she isn't there. Mm-hmm. That's how we help each other, whether we are, you know, physically present or not. Um, and you know, platforms like this BIM are perfect for something like that. Mm-hmm. If we can have more conversations like these with regular women doing extraordinary things, I think in that way we're also helping each other. So I'm really just gonna use this opportunity to say you're doing exactly what we need to do more of. Um, well done and I hope we can all take a page from this uh, chapter of yours and maybe implement it as Jen said in our own circles where we move on a daily basis Mm. oh thank you thank you agreed agreed yeah well ladies thank you so much for your time today I don't know about you, but I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And this is just the beginning. We're definitely having more of this. This is, uh, it is eye-opening, you know, what we've talked about our experience. We've talked about things that we see, you know, with the younger generations coming up. We've talked about things affecting the, the, the continents, really, you know, the whole energy transition, how we cannot obviously move at the pace of, you know, Europe and, 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 and Americas because, you know, we have different challenges. We have different problems. We are still dealing with, you know, energy accessibility, you know. So I have enjoyed this conversation so much, ladies. Thank you, Selma. Thank you, Jen. Well, a big thanks to our listeners. Thank you so much for your time, for uh, spending time with us today, whenever you're choosing to listen, of course. And until next time, it's Bim from uh, the Blue Sea Trend Podcast. Do enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you and goodbye.